Hello and welcome to the Finance House podcast. I'm your host Luke Seward and I'm joined by my co-host Polina Grebova. Hey, I'm Polina. I'm studying banking and finance at the University of Leeds with Luke and we aim to turn complex financial news into a simple podcast designed for the everyday person. Today I'm talking about an acquisition and a big acquisition involving JP Morgan valued at $450 billion and Nutmeg valued at £700 million according to the JP Morgan deal to acquire them. The question I had to ask myself, Polina, was why would such a profitable bank like JP Morgan want to acquire a loss-making wealth management company? Well, the answer soon becomes obvious once you dig a little deeper into both companies. Nutmeg is a robo-advisor that aims to provide simple platforms to help investors pick investments without face-to-face contact, and it is based digitally in the UK. The area is growing rapidly, capturing around 19% of the wealth management market and with JP Morgan trying to bridge across to the UK with their Chase brand, this deal starts to make sense. Nutmeg is loss making, posting a £22 million loss this year. Now the crux of their issue has been predominantly a low uptake and very high marketing costs. Nutmeg currently manages £3.5 billion worth of assets with 140,000 customers, which compared to JP Morgan's £164.4 billion is a measly amount. The large marketing costs have established a far-reaching brand awareness in the UK, which is something the Chase brand lacks and must gain in order to succeed in such a market. Nutmeg has been developed with the latest technologies and offer a broad range of products that cater to various investment styles with endless tools and guidance to help investors make the right decision. JP Morgan will acquire these and the billions of UK assets Nutmeg manage. Now, what this means is that the Chase brand can build upon an existing foundation and utilize their deep pockets to fine tune the cost of the business and become competitive in the market. But I'm not too sure about this one, Polina. Do you think buying a loss-making business will position JP Morgan and their Chase brand well within the UK wealth management market? I think JP Morgan and their nearly $3 trillion ownership of assets will provide the resource support needed to put the company on the path to profitability. More importantly, how have investors reacted to this deal, Luke? It's interesting that you asked that, because initially there was a sell-off of JP Morgan shares, lowering the share price from $156.28 on the Wednesday close to $147.92 on the Friday open, the day after the news broke, which is a 5% devaluation. The sentiment was nervous and the share price is still yet to return to its previous as it trades at $154.07 today. But this is still above its average. The general consensus I'm getting from investors is that it is supported and for the year the trend still continues to be positive. What have you got for me today, Polina? Thanks, Luke. I'd like to talk about digital currencies. There is no doubt that the central banking community in general is accelerating down the path towards official electronic cash. The Central Bankers Bank, which is a new report from the Bank for International Settlements, or BIS, stated that a central bank digital currencies, or CBDC for short, was a concept whose time has come. The digital currency would be held in accounts belonging to particular individuals or businesses who would use digital IDs to access their funds rather than be an anonymous token accessed through an anonymous devices that would be a gift to scammers and criminals. Given this choice, the BIS makes the powerful argument that CBDC is better for privacy and healthy data governance than private digital payment. 
As one of the former ECB executive board members and head of BIS points out, the counterfactual against which a CBDC should be judged is what the world is going to become without digital currencies. Very possibly one in which big tech makes its way into payment provision and financial services more generally. This means that CBDC has a desire to avoid market concentration in payments since this would allow private hoarding of behavioral data that in turn would create market power in other digital sectors. Polina, don't you think that if customers have an ultimate safe store of value with the central bank, with all the convenience of paying for your takeaway, why would they keep money on a deposit with a bank? That is actually another downturn of the central bank digital currencies is that the commercial banks would fear that CBDCs will make them outdated. A CBDC could lead to bank runs, either acutely in a crisis or permanently over time. The BIS points out that large shifts of private bank deposit money into official digital currency can be discouraged by caps on holdings in CBDC accounts or unattractive interest rates. This means that in a real crisis, no central banks will find it politically possible to discourage flights to safety. Citizens would reasonably ask what central bank digital currencies were for if you could not use them for safety in a crisis. Even in good times, it would be hard to set interest rates with a view to maintaining the business models of banks. Monetary policy is intended to stabilize the economy and inflation, not look after a particular sector's private interests. The central bank would set rates that are right for the economy and banks would just have to adjust to make their deposit attractive. You're listening to the Finance Hours podcast. And up next, we've got our biggest winners and our biggest losers of the week. So, Polina, who are the biggest winners this week? Shares of billionaire Sir Richard Branson's space tourism company Virgin Galactic Holdings, or VGH for short, soared 39% to close at $55.91 on Friday when the Federal Aviation Administration, or FAA for short, approved the company for passenger space flights. Virgin Galactic already has 600 ticket reservations for flights from its New Mexico base, costing between $200,000 and $250,000 each. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos has announced that he would be on board Blue Origin's first space flight on July 20th, and it has been speculated that Branson is reportedly hoping to beat fellow billionaire into space. However, it is believed that today's stock reaction could also factor in the high short interest in the company. This idea is supported by the data from CBS MarketWatch, which shows that more than 20% of the public float was being held by short sellers as of June 15, 2021. So who's losing, Luke? One of the biggest losers this week comes from the FTSE 100 and is International Consolidation Airlines Group, listed under the tag IAG. The total market cap of 9.3 billion, the company is a European airline group flying under British Airways, Iberia, Aer Lingus and Vueling brands. Their main airport hubs are London Heathrow, Gatwick, Madrid and Barcelona. And in 2019, they recorded sales of 25.5 billion euros. But over the week, the stock has continued to tumble 5.66% despite travel restrictions easing. The company has been struggling in 2020 and 2021 due to COVID-19 wiping out large areas of the travel sector. In 2021, they reported an EBITDA of negative £4.2 billion, 
but their cash flow position improved. However, this was certainly not through growing operating cash flows as they were negative at 3.3 billion. So why is the stock falling? Well, in November last year, the company saw glimmers of hope as successful COVID-19 vaccination results provided potential to return to the skies. Since then, any hope of resurgence in aviation businesses has been shadowed by more contagious COVID-19 variants and lockdowns. The UK is expected to complete their vaccine rollout plan by September, so summer for airlines looks dull. Earlier this week, it was reported that IAG will reevaluate its position at Gatwick after a waiver on slot usage has allowed BA to avoid penalties for not launching flights over the last 18 months. But this may have investors worried about relocation to Heathrow and potential missed opportunity of using Gatwick's huge customer base. On top of this, travel restrictions are moving weekly, and this has investors uncertain. It's possible all this uncertainty, led by the British government, is a factor to the weekly fall in the share price. That's the news. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.